Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. I promise you, I will not preach the everlasting gospel. It's not going to last forever, okay? I'm going to preach for the next 30 minutes. And then for those of you that are here in person, we're going to send you home safe and sound. And uh, we're just going to hunker down and trust the Holy Ghost. Amen. And then when the storm passes, we're going to do what we do. We're going to roll up our sleeves. We're going to serve. We're going to help people. I do think this is an opportunity for us not to be dominated by fear, but to walk in faith. And then to exercise our faith by lending a helping hand. I see Jerome here this morning. Jerome, it's good to see you. Jerome was at my house last week. I flooded last week. I don't know if you knew that. I flooded before the hurricane even got here. Had a leaky toilet upstairs. Oh, yes, indeed. It was raining inside my house. About a quarter inch of water all across my, my, my downstairs. Our floors are already ripped up. So Rachel and I are like, we got holes in our ceilings and our sheetrock torn down. Jerome was there with Serve Pro helping me to, to gut my house. So if y'all need a place to hang out, Ida don't scare us at the Heyman house. So we're already tore up. So uh, anyway, if you have your Bibles, uh, several scriptures uh, I want to give you. In fact, I have today, I've got a handout for you. All of you watching at home, this is homework for you. Uh, Today is going to be instructional, probably a little bit more so than what you're used to. Um, I've got a lot of notes that I want you to take. We know that history makers are note takers. I want you to write some things down. We are in a series on the Holy Spirit, and if there's ever been a time we need the power, the presence, and the person of the Holy Spirit, it's right now. We kicked this off two weeks ago, uh, and we talked about who he is, the, the third person of the Trinity. He is powerful. Jesus promised to send us the Holy Spirit. Last week, if you were here, we talked about what he does, and we talked about the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which I think is super important. Uh, as a precursor to our topic today, I want to talk to you about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We talked about who he is. Last week, we talked about what he does. Today, I want to talk to you about what he gives, what the Holy Spirit gives. Uh, I want you to know that it, it's God's nature to give. How many of you believe that God is good? Even when life is hard, come on, God is still good. Even when bad things happen, around us and to us, God is still good and it's his nature to give. How many of you are parents and you love your kids even though they don't always act right, they don't always do right, you want to be good to your kids? How many of you, you want to bless those kids and bless those grandkids? Some of you want to bless those grandkids even more than those kids. Come on, somebody. Man, when their birthday rolls around, man, you, you want to spoil them. And when Christmas rolls around, you want to give. Well, the scripture says this in Luke eleven thirteen. 13. So if you, sinful people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Can I have a good amen? If we have a desire to bless our kids, how much more does our heavenly Father want to bless his kids? When we talk about gifts, stop with all the, well, I just don't deserve. Well, I'm, I'm just not good enough. 
or I've got too much sin in my life. I'm not spiritual to receive a gift. Listen, quit all that. I, I want you to put yourself mentally and emotionally in position to receive because spiritually, when God calls you son or daughter, you are his child. And he wants to be good to you. He wants to bless you. And he wants to give you the things that you need to do what he's called you to do. How many of you know you can't do what God's called you to do by yourself? You need help. That's why God sent the helper, the Holy Spirit. And he has gifts. Can I tell you this? Gifts are not based on your worth. They're based on your birth. Not based on your worth. Well, Mike, I'm just so unworthy. Stop all that. It's not about your worth. It's about your birth. When you are born again, come on, you now become a son or a daughter of God. And the Holy Spirit gives us tremendous gifts. There are spiritual gifts I want to talk to you about today. It comes from the Greek word charismata, which literally means gifts of holy grace. A spiritual gift is any ability that's empowered by the Holy Spirit and used to serve others. Again, let me say that. Any ability empowered by the Holy Spirit and used to serve others. Let me ask you this question. What would the world look like if every believer fully recognized, embraced, and used their spiritual gifts? What would the church look like if every believer discovered their their gifts, developed their gifts, and walked in the fullness of that? What would your family look like? What would your business look like if you maximized your gift mix? I think it would be transformational. You see, a better version of you is going to make better everyone around you. Can I say that again? A better version of you is going to make better everyone around you. And I think it's so important for us as the body of Christ that that we walk in the fullness of everything God wants to give us. And so if you're taking notes today, there are four things that I'm going to give you, all right? I'm going to tell you what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about desiring your gifts. We're going to talk about discovering your gifts. We're going to talk about developing your gifts. And then finally, deploying your gifts. You saw what I did there? Everybody say desire. Say discover. Say develop. Say deploy. Okay, number one, desiring your gifts. Number one, desiring your gifts. Look at what Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14. Paul says this. He says, let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Now, in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14, Paul is speaking to the church at Corinth, and he's actually unpacking spiritual gifts, and he's giving them the context in which they operate. That's why I think it's so important that last week we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, because as we pursue the fruit of the Spirit, then God will take care of the gifts of the Spirit. If we're chasing gifts, but we're not bearing fruit, remember what we said last week? We become dangerous. And that's why Paul said, let love be your highest goal. Let love, loving God and loving others. But he says, desire spiritual gifts, these these special abilities that the spirit gives. Can I tell you this? The gift in you is not about you. 
The gift that God puts in you, it's not about you. It's about others. It's about serving others. You know, I think about those that have a teaching gift. You know, if a pastor has a teaching gift, he doesn't walk into church on Sunday and say, hey, here's my gift, look at me. You know what he says? How can I use my gift to serve you? You see the difference? So, so gifts are not about some personal resume that, that we show off. Hey, look at my stuff, man. Look at how gifted and talented I am. The gift is not what about me. The gift is how can I use it to serve you? You see, love's got to be the highest goal. I want you to know that the gift on my life to preach and teach is not for my benefit, it's for yours. I don't wake up and come to church and, and just say, man, I can't wait to get on that stage and all the lights and all the cameras and then people see me. I say, man, I can't wait to get to the house of God. I got to serve somebody. I want to help somebody. You know, so desire the spiritual gifts, the Bible says. Man, it, it's not, there's nothing wrong for you to want those gifts. God says, I'm giving them to you. Now, notice what it says here in, in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. A spiritual gift is given to each of us. Come on, somebody say, that's me. It's not just for pastors and worship leaders. Well, my God's given you the gifts. You know, God's given Doug and the, 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 the band, Al Seed and the team. And, you know, and thank God for the gifts that are on this stage. But I think we do a disservice. We misinterpret the scriptures when we look at gifts only for a select group of people. In fact, if gifts are only for pastors and worship leaders, then you know what we create in the church? A bunch of spectators. How many of you know God didn't call you to spectate? He called you to participate. Oh, I'm feeling the spirit of God right now. So listen, it's not my job just to walk in my gift. It's my job to help you discover your gift and realize there is something inside of you that God put in you that, guess what? I need. Everybody has a gift. You have something from heaven deposited inside of you. There's a spiritual gift that God wants you to walk in. It's not just about preachers. I've said this before, and I want to say this again. Nobody has everything. Everybody has something. And together, we have all things. Can I say that again? Nobody has everything. But everybody has something. And in the body of Christ, together, when those gifts are put in tandem, we are complete. We become the body that God has called us to be. Everyone has a gift. And the purpose of our gift is to help one another be like Jesus. The gift inside of me helps you be more like Christ. The gift inside of you helps me be fashioned and formed in the image of God. These gifts are to help one another. Can I have a good amen? Everybody has a gift and the, the purpose is to help one another be like Christ. Now notice on your handout, there are four different categories of gifts, four different categories of gifts. And I, I wrote those out so you wouldn't have to. I went ahead and printed it. They're broken up into different categories. And a lot of scholars, they look at it in different perspectives. But this kind of gives us a big picture view of the gifts that are listed in Scripture. There are gifts of revelation 
And you can see those gifts, gifts, a, 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 a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, prophetic gifts, discerning of spirits, there's, there's tongues and interpretation. All those things are listed in the scriptures. Those are considered gifts of revelation. There are supernatural gifts, gifts of faith, healing, and miracles. How many of you still believe in miracles? How many believe that we serve a God of miracles? How many of you are thankful that you're at a house that is convinced of the miraculous power of God? The day of miracles is not over. You know, it's, it's funny, I was thinking about this recently. Uh, Oral Roberts, many of you know the great faith preacher, Oral Roberts, and man, he had a gift of healing. And I remember uh, him telling his wife, he was so frustrated because the older he got, his eyesight began to decline. And he had to wear glasses and he didn't want to wear glasses. And so he was just fussing and saying to his wife, I, I, how can I pray for somebody to receive their sight if I'm wearing glasses? He even argued with God. He says, God, I, I can't do this. I can't pray over somebody to receive healing in their eyes if I'm wearing glasses. And you know what he said God told him? He said, God told him, Oral, you tell them that the one who heals sees just fine. How many of you know it wasn't Oral Roberts doing the healing? It was the God who sees doing the, the work. So gifts of healing, when somebody operates in a gift of faith or miracles or healing, it's not them. They are simply the conduit from which the Spirit of God does his work. Can I have a good amen? Gifts of revelation, gifts of supernatural gifts, faith, healing, miracles. There are leadership gifts. There's apostolic gifts, preaching, teaching, administration, uh, exhortation, evangelism. And then finally, there's gifts of service, helpers, serving, and giving mercy. The, the, the point is this, and this is just a, a broad panoramic, but I want you to see this. Everybody has a gift. You have a gift. The Holy Spirit gives tremendous gifts Desire them. Desire them. I pray there's a want to inside of you to learn and discover what God has put in you. Can I have a better amen? amen. Number one, desire your gifts. Number two, discover your gifts. Somebody say discover. Discover. Now, here's a, I'm going to go A, B, C, D, all right? Here we go. I'm going to talk as fast as I can. Letter A, how do we discover our gifts? We seek them out in prayer. We seek them out in prayer. You say, okay, pastor, I'm hearing you. There's something inside of me. I don't necessarily know what it is, but I want to figure it out. How do I discover it? It starts in prayer. Look at what the scripture says in 1 Corinthians 12. Again, Paul says this in verse 11. It's the one and only spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Now, who is it that's giving the gift? Who is it that's making the decision? Who decides what gift you get? Not you. He does. The Holy Spirit determines what is given to each one of us. We don't choose the gift. Guess what? It chooses us. And how many of you know this gift does not come with a receipt? Mm, come on, hum at me. Mm. Somebody like, Pastor, what's the exchange policy on this gift? I'm not sure I like that. I, I, I'm not sure I like my gift. Or in fact, here's, here's, here's the danger, okay? L let me give you a little danger, a little warning when it comes to gift analysis. The danger of comparison. You know, you'll compare your gift to somebody else's gift. Or you'll, you'll watch somebody using their gift and think, man, I want that. 
Why can't, I, why, can't, why can't I teach like that? Why can't I sing like that? Boy, why can't I pray like that? Boy, that, that person's just so wise. I want that gift. Be careful of comparing your gift to somebody else's. Now listen, be, be inspired by others, but don't compare yourself to others. You are unique. There's something specific that God has placed inside of you. Sometimes we, we get jealous of, of somebody's gift because it's so prominent. Can I tell you there's a difference between prominence and significance, okay? Prominence is not always significance. Watch this. My nose. Look at my nose. Come on, zoom in really close right there. You see that? My nose is prominent. It's very visible. When you see me, you can't help but see my nose. Can I tell you this? I can live without my nose. It's happened before. I've had this nose knocked off my face. Car accident was literally ripped off my face. It's prominent, but can I tell you this? My liver, my liver, you can't see it. Can't see my liver. My liver's significant. I can't live without my liver. You see, sometimes we compare prominent gifts and we mistake prominence for significance. Sometimes God will put something in you that nobody sees, and you're just now discovering. And I want to tell you what, it will bring life and and strength to the body of Christ when you recognize it and you walk in it. Be careful not to compare. If I'm jealous of somebody's preaching gift, then guess what? I can't receive from their ministry. If I'm jealous of you over what God has given you, I can't receive from you. Come on, are you catching this today? So we desire, but in the discovery process, we realize that the Holy Spirit is the one who decides what gift we get. Letter B, not not only do we seek it out in prayer, but letter B, look to your passions. What, What are the things that you're passionate about? What are the things that fire you up? Let me ask you this. What is it that brings life to you? You know, when I'm doing this, when I'm serving in this capacity, when I'm thinking these thoughts, it's just like a fire inside of me. Can I tell you, that is the Holy Spirit stirring you for the gift he's placed in you. Can I tell you, your best ministry will come out of your greatest passion. That's why you don't just go through the motions. What is it that makes you fully alive? That may be an indication of the gift God has placed inside of you. Have you ever tried to do something that you're not passionate about? Come on, some of you have done some things and there was maybe an assignment put on you, but it wasn't inside of you. When you're doing something that's on you, but it's not in you, it becomes a weight. It becomes a frustration. God doesn't want you to do ministry out of frustration. He wants you to do ministry out of passion. Come on, can I have a better amen today? I hope you're catching this. Discover the passions, the things that stir you. Seek it out in prayer. Look to your passions. Let her see. Listen to trusted voices. Listen to trusted voices. Often those who know you best can see things in you that you don't even see in yourself. And notice that I said trusted voices, not just any voice. Come on, if you just listen to crazy voices, you're going to make crazy choices, right? But when you listen to trusted voices, I remember when I was in, in high school, I had an English teacher, and man, she, she heard from God. This lady was dialed in. Ms. Elam was her name, Peggy Elam. 
And man, she would look at me and she'd say, Mike, I know what God's going to do with you. You're going to be a pastor. That just frustrated me. That just made me upset. I'm like, how dare you? You don't know me. Shoot. That's the last thing I want to be is a pastor. I never preach. I don't care about all that. I mean, in my mind, that's what I'm saying, all right? I was reluctant. I was resistant, okay? I went off to college, play ball, and uh, on the basketball team, one of the coaches came to me and said, Mike, some of the guys have asked to do a Bible study. Would you lead this Fellowship of Christian Athletes, this FCA Bible study group? I'm like, okay. So I started leading the group. And then one of the guys afterwards said, well, Mike, have you ever thought about going into ministry? Man, because when you're in Bible study, bro, I see you just light up. Don't, how dare you? Don't tell me that. I'll never preach the gospel. How many know you don't tell God what you'll never do? We don't tell him. He tells us. I'll never preach the gospel. So several months went by and I found myself, my, you know, instead of going to, to, the, to the field house to practice, I just, I started enjoying going to Bible study. And so, I mean, this transformation was taking place in my heart. And one of the assistant coaches came to me after a Bible study one time and said, Mike, I really think you need to consider ministry. Ah, oh, not you. Why? Why is everybody telling me this? It's the last thing I want to do. And I'm not going to preach. There's no integrity behind the pulpit. I don't trust any preachers. He said, well, do you think that maybe God might be calling you to restore some of that integrity? Some of the things that frustrate you, some of the things that you fight up against. I'm telling you this, the source of your frustration may be the seeds of your inspiration. They saw something in me I didn't even see in myself. And now I couldn't see myself doing anything else but loving people, teaching and equipping and serving the body of Christ. You got to listen to trusted voices. We discover the gift in us as we submit to God and spiritual authorities. And then finally, letter C. Are you guys into this? I mean, letter D. I'm sorry, letter D. We got to try some new things. Try some new things. You need to step out and try some stuff. Experiment. Take a risk. Uh, you'll never know until you go. You don't know what you don't know, so try a few things. In fact, I tell our staff all the time, I would rather try and fail than fail because I never tried. You know, we, we, we talk about the Peter in the boat and, you know, during the storm and here comes Jesus walking on the water, which I think is a great metaphor, a great picture. It brings comfort to me. Those waves were so high and man, the, the, the disciples felt like that they were going to drown. Can I tell you this? When the waves are over your head, they're still under the feet of Jesus. Here comes Jesus walking on that water and Peter stands up and says, Lord, if it's really you, command me to get out of this boat. And sure enough, Jesus says, come on. So here goes Peter walking on water. And yet, you know, Peter takes his eyes off of Jesus and he begins to sink. And, you know, we could look at Peter as a failure. But I promise you this, when they got back to the beach at the end of that little boat trip, I promise those other disciples were like, well, well, what just happened? Can you believe it? We know Peter, he's a mess. We know water. There's no way you can stand on that. That had to be God. You see, listen, you may try a few things and it may not fit, but the steps that you take are divinely appointed. God uses all of it. Can I tell you, we need our mistakes because we learn from them and we grow. Are you with me? You see, it may take a hundred no's before you get that one yes. 
It may th- you may have to try 50 different things before you stumble on that one thing. Yes, this is what I was born to do. Number one, we desire our gifts. Number two, we discover our gifts. Number three, now we got to develop them. Once you discover what that gift, what those gifts are, then we have the responsibility to develop them. In the words of the the famous theologian, Nacho Libre. Let's get down to the needy greedy. Once you discover what your gifts are, you have a responsibility to develop them. It's your responsibility to grow what God has given you. Come on, some, somebody say this. Say, my potential is my responsibility. Come on, say it again. Say, my potential is my responsibility. Hold nobody else responsible for your potential but you. Once you discover what God has placed in you, then he commands that you develop what you've been given. Now here, A, B, C, D. How do we develop? Letter A, pray and look for opportunities. Opportunities, opportunities. God will open a door. There will be an opportunity for you to exercise that gift that's in you. And can I be quick to say this? Don't despise the small opportunities. The small opportunity, the little things. Sometimes big moments are disguised in small opportunities. If you think something is beneath you, hmm. <laughs> let me say this. If you're too big to do the little things, then you're too little to do the big things. Mm-hmm. I know you didn't like that, did you? But see, sometimes God will test your heart in this to make sure that you're in it for the right reasons. And oh, well, I've, I've, I've got a gift. and It needs to be recognized by the multitudes. Well, if you're too big to set up the stage, then you're too small to stand on the stage. I tell my pastors, I say, listen, if you're not willing to push a mop, then you're not ready to hold a mic. And some people feel like that their gift is only for the microphone. God will test you in small opportunities to make sure that your heart's in it for the right reasons. Mm-mm-mm. Letter B, get feedback from friends. Get feedback Get feed. When you try something and you step out in an area, again, this goes along with trusted voices to confirm what God's doing, but get feedback. Somebody say feedback. This takes humility. Humility will allow the gift inside of you to grow. Let others speak into your life. Sometimes I think we're afraid of feedback, and so we don't ask for it. Sometimes we're afraid to give it. Uh, I've heard people say sometimes, oh, I have a gift. I've got a gift to sing. I've got a gift to sing. I I have such vocal ability. The Lord gave me a song. Listen, when I was a kid growing up in church, we had a lady, and she would say, the Lord gave me a song. And she'd sing that song. I'm thinking, you need to give that right back. I'm not sure the Lord gave you that. Now, maybe you have a desire to sing, But you don't have the skill. Come on, are you with me? 
Hey, remember the show? I don't know if they st- if it's still on or not. Like, what's it called? Um, the Voice? They st- like The Voice or, or American Idol or some of those shows where they, they kind of like audition. And, you know, they stand before the judges. And, man, some poor, oh, bless their hearts. You know, you've seen some of those and you're just like, oof, ouch. And, man, they're just singing. And then it, it takes like Simon Cowell, you know, to just destroy them. And I'm thinking, bless their heart, nobody gave them feedback. You know, they, they let them get all the way to American Idol before somebody told them the truth. Come on. How many know you need friends in your life who tell you not just what you want to hear, but what you need to hear? Please love me enough to tell me the truth. You got to ask the question then afterwards. Hey, how did I do? How do you think that went? You know, <laughs> Rachel, I got to tell on us for a little bit. Um, I, as a preacher, as a pastor, you know, it's a very vulnerable moment as soon as service is over with. And, you know, when Rachel and I first got married, and, you know, of course, this was 25 years ago, and, you know, we'd get in a car after church, and I would ask for feedback. And, I, you know, I would ask it in a way that was real generic, but she knew what I was saying. So we'd get in the car, everything's quiet, we're driving home, and I'd be like, so, how was church today? That was code language for how did I do? You know, how, how, how was church today? And she would say, that when, when she would say, she was so nice, she would say, well, the worship was amazing. <laughs> that was code language for, man, you need to raise your game a little bit, my brother. She, she's trying to help me, and guess what? I needed her help. Can I have a good Amen. And sometimes, sometimes we don't ask for feedback or we don't get the feedback that we need and then we get frustrated because we don't see God blessing that gift. And you know what we do? We just lay the gift down and we walk away from it. Can I tell you, by the Spirit of God, you need to go back and pick that gift up. You need to go back to that. You know, God's trying to work with you. He's putting people in your life. The Bible says in Romans eleven twenty nine, 29, the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable. When God gives you a gift, he doesn't change his mind. Some of you need to go back and pick up what you laid down. And you need to start working with the Holy Spirit and receiving input from others. Uh, letter C, start in a safer, smaller environment. Start in a small group. Get in a small group. It's a great place to start. Maybe you, you're, you're discovering this prophetic gift or a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. You don't need the platform on a Sunday morning to do that. Start in a small group, exercising that gift. You're going to make mistakes along the way. I said earlier, we need our mistakes. I've preached a lot of terrible messages in my day, okay? I have. And I'm not saying I'm an amazing preacher now, but you know where I learned? In small groups, in a youth group. Sometimes I see kids that were in my youth group years ago, and I want to go to them and just apologize. I look at the messages that I preached, and I'm like, I can't believe you suffered through that. I'm not saying I preach amazing now, but I don't lay as many eggs now as I did then. Come on, somebody. Get in a small group so you can begin to stretch your legs and use what God's given you. Finally, letter D, learn from those operating in that gift. Get a mentor. 
there's a gift that you've discovered. Man, connect with somebody who's walking in that, whose life is bearing fruit of that. Uh, Buy a book, listen to a sermon, get a podcast. I think there's so many things that you can do. Uh, Get a a spiritual father or a big brother, put his arm around you and say, hey, let me walk with you through this. This is super practical, but I promise you, if we take these little steps, then that little seed that you're discovering just now of what's inside of you, it will begin to grow. Remember, the gift's not about you. It's about those around you. Last thing, finally, not only do we desire, do we discover, do we develop, but the last thing is deploy. Deploy, using your gifts. Using your gifts. Using your gifts. I'll say it this way. Use it or lose it. If you, don't lo- if you don't use your gift, you will lose your gift. The parable of the talents. Jesus, he told a story of a five-talent servant, a two-talent servant, a one-talent servant. And they all had the responsibility to use what they had been given. People need what you have. They need what you have. I'm I'm telling you, today I feel in the spirit, I am laying a demand on the gift that God's put inside of you. I am demanding that you discover what that is. We need you to walk in the fullness of that. We're going to be better as a church. I'm telling you, your friends, your neighbors, watch what's going to happen. We're going to endure this storm. There's going to be so much need. The, The need's going to be huge. And guess what? This is where the body of Christ steps into that need with a gift mix to serve. Here to serve. See, don't think that the gifts are only for Sunday morning. Well, if I don't play an instrument, well, if I don't sing, well, if I don't teach, if I don't preach, if I don't don't really have much to offer the church. Can I tell you this? Gifts are not just for Sunday morning. They're for Monday morning. We wake up tomorrow. I don't know what today's going to look like. Everybody's got guesses and projections. And man, like you, I'm going to be following. Okay, social media. What's the meteorologist saying, man? What, what are the, we're, I, I'm, I'm in this like you. I don't have any foreknowledge. But I'm going to be ready to respond with the gifts that God's given me. How can I serve you? How can I help you? You know what? We use these gifts because love is our highest goal. We use these gifts with great humility. And then we use our gifts to serve somebody else. If we do those things, I promise you, you watch the church go to a whole nother level. You receive that today? Come on, put your hands together if you believe that. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit HealingPlaceChurch.org.